You can support this podcast on patreon.com forward slash firstpawmedia. Here's to the adventure-seeking dog mushers out there. The hundreds of you who stand on the runners dreaming and thinking about the Northern Lights. Of course, there is something else you can do if you've got something to say. Start a podcast with First Palm Media and harness your creative side. Maybe even earn enough money. Enough money to tell yourself, hey, I'm not just a dog musher. I'm a rover. I'm a wanderer. I'm a voyager. I'm an explorer. Visit firstpaw.media. Mush on over today. Radio Free Palmer 89.5 KVRF presents Mushing Radio, hosted by Robert Forto. Mushing Radio is about dog-powered sports, living in the Great White North, and mushing. Visit our website at mushingradio.com. Here is your host, Robert Forto. Hello and welcome, everybody. You are listening to Mushing Radio, and it is Iditarod 2023 kickoff show. We are excited to be doing this. It is our 12th year, I believe, of hosting our Iditarod show, and I am welcomed by my two co-hosts, Michelle Forto and Tony Ryder. Tony is calling in from Kenai, Alaska. Tony, how's it going? Tell us a quick bio about who you are and what you're all about, please. Sure. So um, I am a lifelong Alaskan. I was born in Anchorage, but raised on the Kenai Peninsula, where I currently live. Um, I have always been involved with Iditarod, even a little bit before I was born. Um, my grandparents are were volunteers in Anchorage in many different facets, but mainly for the ceremonial start of Iditarod. And I am... 2009, I took over as the area coordinator for the Alaska Native Medical Center section of the ceremonial trail. So I've been very involved with Iditarod pretty much my entire life, especially my adult life. Um, I've worked for Iditarod kennels. Uh, Both of the kennels that I work for are Iditarod champion kennels. So um, I've just always really love the sport. I'm not a musher. I don't have the fortitude or the insanity to do something like that, but I admire those that do. All right. Very good. And Michelle, introduce yourself, please. Tell us who you are and what you're all about. Well, other than being your wife, I am considered home-based support when you or our daughter have been out on the mushing trails. Um, even though I do know how to run a team of sled dogs, I got into this in 1999 when I met you because basically I asked you how to hook up my two Malamutes to a kid sled to teach my kids, uh, my dog, how to be pulled up the hill for my kids. And you basically told me that you were a real life iron will. And you're also the host of our Dog Works Radio podcast. You've been doing that with me since the very beginning in 2010. You also are the host of several other podcasts along the way. And you are the lead trainer for our business, Alaska Dog Works. And uh, thanks and welcome to the show. And my name is Robert Forto. I am, I guess you would call the executive producer of First Paul Media and Dog Works Radio. I have been podcasting since January of 2010. Uh, we started this show way back uh, with Michelle and I. We co- used to call it Mush You Huskies, and we would do a very brief 
Iditarod recap every night during the early days of the show. And then a few years later, we started mushing radio with a good friend of mine and co-host Alex Stein. And we hosted that through our radio partner, KVRF in Palmer, Alaska. And I am the musher here on the panel. I just saw (laughs) on LinkedIn this morning that uh, I have been a dog musher for 30 years and three months. That is a heck of a long time. My God, you're old. I know. That is a long time to be mushing sled dogs. And uh, I hope to add a little bit of that experience as we go. And I have not run Iditarod, but I've done a heck of a lot of other races, including a few long-distance expeditions. I am also a college instructor here at the local universities at University of Alaska Anchorage, as well as... Alaska Pacific University, and I teach introduction dog mushing as well as what we call the winter, ex, uh, win, what is it, winter sport expedition, where it includes dog <laughs> mushing, fat biking, and snow machining on some of the Iditarod Trail. And that is who we are, and we're looking forward to having you guys on. The way that this hosting usually works, it will be Tony and I. Every night, going back and forth, providing our analysis and stories. And Michelle, she will pick it up when I am not available. I know I have have a trip or two over the next couple of weeks. It seems to always happen that way. Last year, I was in the middle of nowhere, Washington. And Tony and I were hosting this show. And I was in a very small hotel room with really crappy (laughs) internet And I was recording on my phone with our little Zoom recorder with the microphone pointed down uh, so I could hear Tony on the headphones and put it over the internet. And those shows happened to be some of our best shows. I think one time, Tony, (laughs) we we did a two-hour-plus episode in that when I was in that hotel room. So, yeah, never fear. We will be on the air every night. That's what happens when you have zero distractions. Zero distractions and <laughs> and the internet in the middle of nowhere. So, Tony, this is the big reveal. We have been talking about this pretty much since uh, mid-March last year. Uh, we've covered a whole bunch of stories over the last uh, year or so. And this is your second year of being in the hot seat, if you will. You are now a veteran <laughs> podcaster. You've been with us for quite a while so let's jump into that. Uh, let's talk about your journey into this. You talked about being a um, lifelong Alaskan and, and literally a lifelong Iditarod volunteer. So you've been doing this for a very long time. What is your role with Iditarod and how does that sort of play into your experience that you can bring to the show? So I am an area coordinator for the ceremonial start, which doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot other than I heard cats in the form of humans to um, just make sure that things go off without a hitch in our section of trail. There's about 11 miles through Anchorage that they run and wave and steal hot dogs from people and all of that. And we just have to make sure that people Stay to the sides. Don't get in the way of the teams coming through. If there are any loose dogs, we have to control them. Uh, You know, wave down a police officer if there's a moose in the area, that sort of thing. So it's it's probably one of the easier 
positions that volunteers can have. I've also worked when I lived in Anchorage going to school, I worked in their gift shop area and um, made a lot of good friendships with different volunteers in the comms and, and that sort of thing because it's all sitting there in the headquarters there at the lakefront. Um, so it, 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 I mean, it, it's a pretty, it's a pretty sweet gig. I think I got more knowledge and more experience working for Iditarod Kennels as their social media person and their sound person, depending on the job that we're talking about, um, to really be able to do what I've been doing since about 2010, which is blogging about the race, uh, about the mushers and the dogs in particular. Um, and then uh, two years ago, you and Alex begged me to come on as just a guest uh, host, and then I somehow got saddled with the job. Alex left, and I got his job. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. I'm learning a lot. I am completely out of my comfort zone. I do love talking about Iditarod and sled dogs and mushers. Uh, so it makes it a little bit easier, but for the most part, I'm still a ball of nerves every time we start recording. Well, thank you for, for joining us and thank you for being <laughs> the, the co-host of this. And we're looking excited. We are excited for you to be joining us. So let's jump into this. The way that the format typically works before we talk about the Musher's Banquet and sort of our stories of the day is every night around seven o'clock-ish Alaska time, uh, I guess that's 11 p.m. Eastern time and way <laughs> later for hours going the other way. We we post an episode about the Iditarod day and we try to cover news and breaking events that are happening on the trail. First, uh, we give a trail report where people are, you know, the top fit, the top um, five or 10 people, I guess, if you will. And then we talk about where everybody else is at who's kind of uh, leading up the rear, the, the back of the Packers. So we'll talk about all that and the news and notes. And then we do what we call our musher of the day. And we dive deep and tell a story or two about those mushers. And we try to include things that you may or may or may not know about, whether you're fans of those kennels or you follow their Facebook pages or whatever. We try to give you some nuggets that will lead you down the trail and hopefully begin to cheer on some of these guys. Typically, we will do musher profiles, the musher of the day, of folks that are not necessarily the well-named guys, the front runners, the you know the big-name kennels, because they get so much press on their own. So often we will cover the middle to the back of the pack guys because I believe that's where the true stories lie. And I remember uh, Alex always saying that... Uh, that's that's uh, that's storytelling back there, and he should know. He is a professional storyteller and uh, works in the mm -hmm. film industry and all that. So we're taking his lead on that. And then towards the end of the show, we like to do uh, questions from our fans. We get a lot of questions on Twitter in particular. We have a hashtag that we follow and tag a lot, and they are called the Ugly Dogs. Hashtag Ugly Dogs and Boy. Are they active on social media? So we get a lot of questions and comments there. We also post on all of the Facebook groups that we can, all the mushing Facebook groups anyway, and we get a lot of comments and concerns and 
uh, questions and so on from those folks is there. And then we we give what we think is going to happen the next day towards the end of the show. Who who do we think is going to take a 24-hour rest or who's making a move or anything like that is how we typically end the show. Our shows are slated for 30 minutes. Our radio partner, as I mentioned, uh, is very tried and true to that 30-minute timeline, but I cannot think of a single time in all of these years that we have (laughs) fixed a a time limit of 30 minutes. We typically go 45 minutes-ish is is about the right amount of time. And as I said earlier, we are not... uh, we are not bashful about going much longer than that. As I said, a couple of hours show uh, on on several occasions. It just really depends on what we get into and, and the groove that, that we're talking about. And that's sort of the format. And then, of course, we will post all over the place, pretty much wherever you can find podcasts. So if you're listening right now on your favorite podcast app, they're pretty much the same. You're not going to get a different experience on any one app over the other. We do post on YouTube. It's just an audio file right now. We are toying with doing some video podcasting, and I'm not sure if we're going to be able to do that for this year's Iditarod or not. Maybe uh, it'll be a special one or two episodes that we do video. I think that would be pretty cool too. (laughs) And also we are on all the other apps as well. So Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, what else is there? Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of those are, are available as well. And it seems to be the demographics of our audiences listen in different places. The younger folks like to listen on Spotify, and the older folks like to listen on Apple Podcasts. So depending on what device you have will depend on what uh, app or whatever you listen to. So that's sort of the uh, behind-the-scenes technicalities of mushing radio make sure you tell your family and friends make sure you hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode they'll pop up right on your advi- device and if you will please leave us leave us those comments reviews questions and we'll do our best to answer them so tony let's jump into the musher banquet what is that when is it happening what is the format and why is that important for iditarod the Musher Banquet is a very traditional uh, kickoff to Iditarod. It's from the very beginning. It was a meal. It was a musher meeting. Now they kind of do the musher meeting separate. But this is where the mushers draw for their bib number. They go up uh, to draw out of this beautiful muckluck. It's been a tradition from the get-go that they pull their numbers out of a booth. And so they have this muckluck, and they go up in the order that they signed up in, and that's where they get to speak to the audience, which is full of sponsors, fans, anybody who bought a ticket, plus the volunteers who work that banquet. And uh, they thank their sponsors. They maybe give, you know, the reasons why they're, they're running the race. They talk about their dogs. And... Most of them do the very bare minimum of speaking and they walk off and they then get focused on either the food or they get focused on the task at hand, which is uh, looking towards strategy once they know when they're starting from the starting line. 
And uh, yeah, it's a really nice evening. There are auctions going on, silent auctions, um, where they they bid on some pretty sweet deals. A lot of tours, you know, the the private fly-ins to bear viewings and private lodges and and that sort of thing. So a really nice mix of summer and winter there at the at the banquet. Um, it's a lot of fun. They they used to do it where you could mingle with the mushers, and that's where you'd get autographs and whatnot. Now they do a separate meet and greet ahead of time where you go around and you talk to the different mushers there, and then you can just leave the mushers alone. They actually ask that fans uh, not bother the mushers during the banquet so that they can eat, so that they can hobnob with the sponsors of the race um, and not have to keep bouncing all over the place to try and keep everybody happy. Um, I, I kind of miss that, though. I, I thought that that was part of the charm of the Musher Banquet because you weren't separated from the mushers as much. So that's the banquet in a nutshell. It's pretty dang long. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. This will be, the, I think, the second banquet since Hobo Jim passed away, our uh, state's balladeer who came up with the Iditarod Trail theme song. So it, it, he normally played music throughout the, the evening, and, and so it'll, it's going to be different. But I think that's kind of the theme of I Did a Rod 51 is it's going to be different. It is, and I've only had the pleasure of attending two banquets uh, here in my time in Alaska. We've been up here for 12 years now, and that first time I was in awe because it was, it was like you said, uh, co-mingling co with all the mushers and the auction was this huge and, you know, the whole spectacle of it. Uh, one last question about the banquet. It's sort of set up in, you know, in that um, uh, formal banquet style with the white tablecloths and a, a pretty decent meal as it goes. But do you know how the tables are set up? Is that by sponsor or can you know can one person buy an entire table or is it just sort of random find a seat wherever it seems like a random draw i've never actually attended as a as a guest i've attended as a volunteer um which i worked the merchandise table so i never even actually made it out to the table um but it seems to be random just reading other people's experiences and trying, you know, when it's a big group like the Ugly Dogs that you spoke about earlier, they came up one year and they were all trying to get seated close together. Um, and so they put in the comments or when they talk to the people on the phone, hey, can you make sure that I'm over by these people? And I think for the most part, they got them pretty close together. I'm sure there is a way to purchase tables. Uh, I have only seen individual ticket sale options, but I'm sure if you, you call in, which I'm a millennial, so we don't call anybody if we don't have to. Um, but uh, yeah, so I really don't know the ins and outs of all of that. Like I said, I've never, I've never had to buy a ticket to attend, so I don't actually know a whole lot about how you purchase the tickets. All right, so if one of our fans know how the seating arrangements work, let us know. If you're attending the banquet right now, let us know afterwards. That way we can uh, talk a little bit about that mm -hmm. coming forward. So, Michelle, I would like you to talk about the mushers that are going to be in this year's race. We have a relatively small field, only 33 uh, mushers, and we want to put a disclaimer out right here 
on the first show. Uh, we we ask for apologies right now that if we do mess up some names, and I'm sure we will as we move through <laughs> our coverage this year, it's definitely not intentional. But when you have some names that I am looking at right now, I'm sure I would mess up a few reading them as well. So, Michelle, can you tell us who the mushers are? And we only know them right now in alphabetical order uh, after tonight's draw. We will be talking about them in starting order. So on tomorrow's show, Friday's show, we will talk about who's going out first, who's going out second, who's going out last, and all that. Michelle, who are the 33 teams, and who do we know that's already uh, dropped out or withdrawn? Well, you know, I'm going to just let you guys know that I would have had no problem whatsoever pronouncing the names of the mushers if I had been invited to the banquet, which I have never gone to. Right. <laughs> I was going to put Robert on the spot there because I've never gotten to go. So <laughs> sounds wonderful to me. I would love to be able to wear my car hearts and bunny boots to a white tablecloth event. Just sounds fabulous. <laughs> um, so uh, let's go ahead and start this off with the... Uh, alphabetical order this is not the starting order guys so we've got the twins anna and christy barrington eddie burke jr katie joe dieter richie deal riley dyke or dyche dyche yep matt failer yep. matt hall jesse holmes joanna yago or jago or jagao I'm going to give it all three tries. Uh, <laughs> Dan Caducci, uh, Peter Kaiser, Hunter Keith, Eric Kelly, Jennifer Labar, Jason Mackey, Kelly Maximer, Wade Mars, Deke. I'm not even going to try your last name. <laughs> huh? uh, Aaron Peck, Nicholas Petit, Millie Porcelid, Ryan Reddington, Jesse Royer, Brett Sass, Ramey Smith, Jed Stevenson, Gerhardt, the art. By the way, we have a uh, connection in a roundabout sort of way with Gerhardt, Robert. Uh, Christian Turner, Bailey Viejo or Vitello. Now my eyes are going funny on me. Craig Vitello, <laughs> Bridget Watkins, Mike Williams Jr. and already withdrawn this year, Travis Beals, Grayson Burlton, Jay Foucher, and Lars Monson. So again, apologies if we did mess any of those up. We will try our best as we're moving through our coverage to get everybody's name right as we go. So Tony, you first. You heard the uh, the thirty three mushers. Uh, I'm sure that every one of them are your favorites. You follow a lot of these guys on social media. <laughs> you write about them on your blog. Uh, there is a story or two with every one of them, but I know that we want to talk a little bit about Jason Mackey. And there was an excellent article that was released uh, just yesterday, I believe it was, in the local newspaper, the Anchorage Daily News, about... Um, him coming back into mushing after a quite of a year hiatus. 
uh, now to uh, really reinvent himself and really uh, jump back into the game. And of course, longtime Iditarod fans and Mushing fans will know that his brother Lance Mackey passed away uh, late this summer, mm-hmm. and uh, he's sort of paying homage to to him and his legacy as well as his family's legacy as well as his mom uh, by taking the uh, ashes of his mom and Lance down the trail to uh, to scatter to scatter them on points uh, you know headed. Head, headed down the trail. But can you give us a quick synopsis of that article? And this will give you guys a little bit of the flavor of our daily musher profiles. Sure. Um, so the article was written by Mark Lester, who is a photojournalist for the Anchorage Daily News. Uh, he has followed the Iditarod for many, many years as a photojournalist for um, multiple publications. Um, And so he did this interview with Jason just this past week. And it's it's a really touching tribute to not only Lance's baby brother, but also as kind of looking towards the future and being more optimistic and not as sappy and sad as what we've all done as reporters or journalists of um, the Iditarod and and mushing this season, you know, it's been kind of sad talking about Lance and how he's not here in, in physical form to, to be a part of all of it, which we know that Lance would have been. Um, But, you know, it, it even talks about it. It really talks about Jason. It's called the reintroduction of Jason Mackey. Go on to ADN.com. I urge you to read that if, if you, if, this is one of the ones that if you don't subscribe to the ADN, go ahead and use that as one of your freebies for the month because it is worth reading. Jason talks about how after not doing so well with mushing, he was getting frustrated and just running it. He said for all the wrong reasons, he was running for the the money instead of running for the love and passion of it, which always gets a musher in trouble. So he and his wife moved outside he tried to find that passion in something else and realized that Alaska was home, came back, restarted his kennel that he had just sold off. So he had to cobble together a new breeding program using dogs out of other people's kennels, including his brother's lances. And then his brother passed away, uh, as you said, Robert, this past summer. So He's running, yes, for Lance, but also for himself and for the future of his kennel and his passion. And, uh, you know, it it even goes into some of the darker stuff that Jason's been dealing with over the years with uh, substance abuse, uh, alcoholism. Uh, And, you know, he doesn't mince words. Like a true Mackie, he does not mince words, and he owns up to it. And so it's it's just nice to see, uh, you know, the legacy of the Mackies continue, the Mackies for those who may be new to the sport of mushing, and I did around in particular, the Mackies are one of the legacy families of the race. Their father, Dick Mackie. Uh, won the Iditarod just several years into it, but he also helped Joe Reddington start the race. He was one of the crazy mushers that believed in Joe Reddington's dream and also went, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll egg you on. I'll help you. Whatever you need me to do, I'll do. And that was Dick. He 
he went on to win the Iditarod, as I said, and then he also uh, was a race marshal and a race official and still speaks very highly of the race that he helped create. Uh, and Jason has two brothers who are Iditarod champions and both Rick and Lance. And so Jason has a lot of history and a lot of legacy with this race. He helped his dad train dogs and he helped his brother train dogs. So it's a long, long history, long legacy, and it's nice to see it continue uh, with Jason. We don't see a whole lot of Mackies other than Brenda Mackey in, in these races right now. So it's nice to have him back. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing how Jason does and he and I and his wife, Lisa, follow each other on social media and talk back and forth uh, quite a bit, uh, at least on, on messages and on photos and stuff. So I'm excited to, to hopefully have Jason on after uh, the race this year and we can sort of, um, you know, go in depth with him and, and talk about uh, what he's doing because Iditarod really just isn't the same unless we talk about a Mackie. So I'm excited to see Jason back. And I know he's been working very hard this year with his kennel and all that to get back to the starting line. So looking forward to that as well. So let's talk a little bit about the race route. And of course, we're going to talk a lot about this every night uh, in our coverage, but this is a Northern route year, which is the even years on the calendar on the odd years they follow the southern route, and there's just a little bit of a difference. The trails uh, converge or switch, if you will, at Ofer on both years. And then in the southern route, of course, they go uh, south compared to uh, this year's route. And in this year's route, the different checkpoints than last year will be Cripple, Ruby, Galena, and they'll and Lawalto, and they'll they'll hook back up at Caltag with the with the route that uh, they went on last year. And tomorrow night we're going to talk about uh, the different mileages between each route, each uh, checkpoint, and and maybe jump into the first couple of checkpoints and talk about what they're all about, and uh, you know what could possibly be seen at some of these earlier checkpoints on the way. And then after that, uh, tomorrow, we're also going to give our, our uh, predictions, our favorites, our top 10, if you will, of, uh, of, of the, the race field. And I'm looking forward to that. So before we close the show, Michelle, do you have anything else you want to mention here on the kickoff show? Uh, no, I think that we have covered quite a bit for a kickoff show. I'm looking forward <laughs> to this year's race. I did note that we had 10 rookies. Only one has withdrawn officially before the race is even starting. But nine rookies is, a, is going to make for... A, a lot of discussion, I think, this year. That seems like a hefty mm -hmm. amount of rookies. Yeah, almost, uh, what is that, a third of the field? It's a third of the field. A, a third, a third. Of, the, a third yeah. of the field are Pretty rookies. Much. And when you're dealing with such a small field, uh, that, I think that I think that's pretty impressive. I'm excited to see that. Uh, Tony, what mm -hmm. about you? Did we miss anything or anything you want to uh, mention before we go? Well, I don't know how you want to deal with this, but you said that we're doing the northern route because it's an even year, but it's an odd year this year, and we're doing the southern route. Oh, my I'm goodness. I'm so glad you said that <laughs> because I kept looking at the chart, and I'm like, hold on a second. Does he not realize it's 23? 
Hey, I, I I am living in the past, as they say. And uh, yep, uh, so we stand corrected. So everybody that are screaming at us as you are listening to this, it will catch up. And uh, yeah, we are on the southern route. So let's do a very quick correction. So the the race route will connect in Ofer. So that is absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. And then the checkpoints that are different <laughs> this year from last are Iditarod, Shagalock, I believe is how you say it, Grayling, mm-hmm. Eagle Island, and then it will connect there in Caltag. So disregard everything I said about the northern route. That will be next year. <laughs> and what I will do, Tony and Michelle, I will just cut that part out and dump it into next year's coverage. Look, it, I say leave it in because at least you didn't talk about the Fairbanks route. I, I mean, did not. We're, we're not that off. There you go. Yeah, we're not that there off. There you go. And we're going to give our our predictions or our, our experience or our thoughts on the different routes and which is um, which is different, which is harder. Uh, everybody has their preference, and I think that that's a pretty cool story as well. So, anything else, Tony? Before we go. No, I just want to say since we're talking about the southern route today, uh, a little bit anyway that this is the first time since uh, before COVID that we are hitting this part of the trail as uh, we didn't do uh, the regular route in uh, 2021. So the last time we were on this trail was 2019. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I would like us to talk about that on one of the next few shows as well. Mm-hmm is I think that we should discuss a little bit about that gold loop trail that they ran in 21. Yeah, of course. I'm looking forward to that. So I guess if that's it from you, Tony, let's uh, definitely send out a request for our followers. What questions or comments or Or corrections corrections do you have for us? (laughs) Let us know on social media and we're going to find out how to follow all of us here in just a second. But we urge you guys to send over your questions because that's what makes this show special. It's not just a news report where we're just kind of reading off a script like uh, some other folks do. So we're looking forward to that as well. So Tony, (laughs) how can folks follow you? Not only on social media, but I understand you have a pretty robust blog as well. What is that? Uh, You can find the blog at writersblock.com. And then you can find me on social media. I'm on Facebook uh, as Tony Writer, or you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Tony Shell AK. And then Instagram, I'm at Tony Shell. Uh, typically, as I did a rod, gets really, really busy. Twitter and Facebook are where you're going to find me. Don't friend me on Facebook. I'm not actually accepting friend requests. Just hit that follow button. All right. And Michelle, how can folks follow you? Uh, pretty much anywhere and everywhere you have social media. You can find me every single place, including YouTube um, at First Paw Media um, and on our podcast as well. Uh, you can also connect with me on Facebook in other places other than Robert. Just go to Alaska Dog Works. And you are at Michelle Forto on all of those. And that is Michelle with one L M I C H E L E Forto F O R T O. And that will connect right there with you. Michelle, where is your favorite place on social media? Where do you get a lot of your comments and where will you respond the fastest? Uh, 
Um, so I'm old. So probably Facebook. <laughs> Very good. All right. And you can follow our show at First Paul Media on all socials, including on YouTube. And uh, that's where we post all of our episodes. And you can find me on all social media as well at Robert Forto. And remember, that's F-O-R-T-O. And I am most active on Twitter. You will find me there posting as both Robert and First Paul Media back and forth. Almost always, if it is posted on First Paul Media, it is me. So if somebody is responding, it is most likely me. So if I get into hot water, you can blame me and not Tony or Michelle, at least on that part. So looking forward to following all of you guys there. Our website is firstpaw.media. And one last thing is we do have a Patreon account. If you're looking to help us out, spread the word, give us a little support, check us out at patreon.com slash firstpawmedia, and you'll get some exclusive perks, including a very cool uh, access to our behind-the-scenes, ultra-exclusive after-show that we're calling The Gangline. And we're going to release an episode or maybe two in the next month or so, and it is a joy to listen to the first couple that we did. <laughs> so you can only hear that on Patreon, and I believe that is a $5 tier level. And I know, as we were recording right now, somebody just joined our Patreon, and I will give a shout-out to that person tomorrow. Oh, do I need to get the cowbell? We need to get the cowbell for every time that we do the uh, the Patreon. So thank you for your support. I did not get to see who that was before uh, the little notification popped off on my screen. So we will definitely give shout-outs to everybody that's helping us out there. So on behalf of my co-hosts, Michelle and Tony... This is Robert for Mushing Radio. Looking forward to talking to you guys for the next couple weeks. We'll see you guys next time. Goodbye. From DogWorks Radio, this is Mushing Radio. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll find a link on the episode notes. You can tap or swipe on the episode cover art, and you'll see some offers from our sponsors. You can support our show by supporting them. If you like what you have heard, we would love it if you could give us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe, too. Your host is Robert Forto. Our producers are Michelle Forto, Alex Stein, and Tony Ryder. Our executive producer is Robert Forto. Created for DogWorks Radio and First Paw Media.